Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Exodus. That's the second book in the Bible. Most, you know, American version Bibles. In this case, the New King James Version Bible. Um, It's the second book and we're on chapter 6. So we're going to begin with verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand he will let them go and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land so um the way this let go that he's talking about it's um the people well let's start bit by bit first it's the lord it's an entity identified as the lord interacting directly with moses um which if you uh if you've read with me before you've seen where the new testament says no one has seen god at any time so and that doesn't mean this isn't some entity or deity uh, that Moses is interacting with. It's just saying um, that he's not actually seeing God Almighty. He may be interacting with God, but he's not actually seeing him. And there's um, there's a difference. Um, I mean, that can happen even in regular life. If you think about a puppet show or even like a mass singing contest you can see you're seeing the person but you're not seeing them you're seeing an image of them but you're not actually seeing them so it's possible both are true but in this case he's um it's the lord now we'll just say and we can if you have read with me before you can know that word lord can be translated to different entities or at least different names of different it seems like different people so um one more thing to remember about red letter Christianity, why I feel it's important if you're a Christian to let Jesus's words and um, that be our guide as far as our worship. But if you read me before, you already know that. So um, the first part is he's interacting with, we'll just say the Lord and um, saying, and this is on the heels of him feeling kind of dejected, rejected that he was he feels he was sent on a mission to set the people his people free who are people who are enslaved at this time and all this is happening in Africa in Egypt and um but when he went to go announce it and sort of declare emancipation for his people to the ruling um people at the time the pharaoh and the egyptians um, they basically laughed in his face and told him, gave him even more work to do and even beat them even worse, mistreated them even more. So it's on it's on the heels of that happening that Moses is having this interaction with, like I said, we'll just say with God um, and feeling like, oh, what well, his mission is must be failed or maybe he's he's having doubts because he, he was thinking that it was going to be this victorious and glorious event when he sent to rescue the people it seems that that's what he had in mind whereas instead um uh, it's rejection from the authorities and rejected by the people also um verse two and god spoke to moses and said to him i am the lord so like i said before um the word lord here can be translated so many different ways let's see how it's being translated here um in this case, it looks like El Yehovah. So uh, that's the name being given to the Lord in this verse. And so if, again, like if you're trying to make sense of the whole Bible and live the Old Testament and the New, then understand that 
that's who's being identified as the source of worship in this passage. And that changes throughout the Bible. You can see it for yourself. Uh, like I always say, thanks to the blueletterbible.org website. You can explore that yourself. And I think I figured out how to make it red letter also. So God bless them for that. Um, so anyway, back to the topic. He, so he's interacting with God and God is telling him that um, this, verse 3, I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. So here you go. And if you wonder how come it seems like different gods throughout the Bible, and in particular in the Old Testament, you see here where it's saying the same God is saying, I appear to them by one thing, but I'm appearing um, to you by a way which they didn't know. So I guess the message is don't limit God on, um, um, don't limit God, period. Because it says, if you look at the translations, it says na the name God is being translated as L. And, you know, you can, um, you can, I mean, as always, forgive me for the pronunciation is wrong, but then you see it read on later, but by my name, Jehovah, it says later on, he was not known. So it lets us know that if this is the same God, then uh, it, God appears in different ways to different people. Um, I mean, it doesn't get much clearer than that. Otherwise, why would he have said that? He's letting him know it's the same God, but appearing different ways. Interesting. So um, let's see. Oh, it jumped down. Sorry. Um, okay, verse 4. I've also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. So um, in modern times, if you don't know it, this same land is sort of a disputed territory and has been for some time, for decades now. In recent times, probably like seven, eight decades um, a disputed territory of land about who owns it, who controls it, and all of that. And um, it's the same land here. Um, and it's hard if people try to use the Bible as justification for the deed to those lands. It gets tough to do that because some parts of the Bible, like this one, give that deed to, as like sort of an everlasting covenant. And in other parts, say they've lost it because of basically unfaithfulness. Um, and I'm paraphrasing both cases, but you can, as we read, you can see, if you read it for yourself, that that happens again and again. Verse 5, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I've remembered my covenant. So, I mean, for the sake of all people ever enslaved in time, I hope that uh, it's not occasional that God remembers the people who are struggling and in bondage because I would hope that they didn't spend the 400 years that they were there just being tormented and terrorized the way um, uh, for that entire time. I hope they, it's the same thing with modern, uh, with American slavery um, that is like 400 plus years old, the whole system of it and ugliness of it um, and its legacy. Um, it didn't remain as evil the whole time, but I hope it doesn't just come to God's mind occasionally how what that bondage how ugly it is in the forms it can take and in the lifespan it seems to have.
Verse 6, therefore say to the children of Israel, I'm the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. So um, the message that he's being given, uh, Moses is being given to take back to the people who are sort of fully in doubt that their uh, situation is about to get any better is that God is with you and to rescue you from this the enslavement and from the bondage that you're being put through um, by uh, the Egyptians in this case. Verse 7, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So um, it seems it's almost like a covenant is being created that I'm going to free you from your enslavement and in that way in that in that way I'm going to prove myself to you that you're going to know that I'm God almighty and that I'm the Lord and that I'm the one that you're supposed to worship and serve excuse me Verse 8, and I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I'm the Lord. So not only are they getting the promise of freedom from the uh, enslavement, but also getting land promised to them. In other words, promised land. That, that's um, sort of where that comes from, that it's been promised to them now um, by this covenant according to this passage um, by God so almost like the 40 acres and a mule were promised to enslave people and that promise was not kept and uh, even reparations are being withheld from black people it's just uh, unrighteous it's unfair Um, that's America Um, verse uh, 9 so Moses spoke thus to the children of Israel but they did not heed Moses because of anguish of spirit and cruel bondage. So just like with slavery, the people can't just, they aren't taking comfort in Moses' words that, oh, everything's going to be okay. Um, sing a hymn. Uh, get, go ahead and don't worry about it. We're going to get out of this. The people aren't able to be comforted by that because the situation of being enslaved is just that terrible. And it's just that overwhelming to them that they can't find that sort of faith. Um, verse 10 and the Lord spoke to Moses saying so now in response to uh, the people finding it hard to keep the faith the Lord gives another message to Moses go in tell Pharaoh king of Egypt to let the children of Israel go out of his land so um, the message that God is giving Moses to take back, back to the authorities of the land and take back to the government in other words is that let my people go. Set the slaves free. Let's see, uh, verse 12. And Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall... Let me say it again. The children of Israel have not heeded me. How then shall Pharaoh heed me? For I'm of uncircumcised lips. So he's saying, look, the people who you sent me to who need the freedom haven't listened to me. How in the world do you think... That the authorities who I'm going there to challenge are going to react. They're not going to listen to me either, is what he's saying. Verse 13, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a command. 
for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So now it seems God, instead of just giving Moses the command to go and let Pharaoh know to set the people free, now it seems God is demanding, setting the command for, for the children of Israel to be set free. If only black people could get that same sort of demand and command to be sent out for us to be set free from the oppression of white supremacy in America and throughout the world. It would be so nice. Um, let's see. And like, uh, know what I said? White supremacy, not white people. Because all white people aren't alike any more than all black people are alike. But white supremacy, that's actually the problem. Verse 13, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and gave them a command for the children of Israel and for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. So um, the command was given by the Lord. Now let's see what happens. Verse 14. These are the heads of their father's houses. So I'm just going to read through these like we do when we read the genealogies. And like I said before, forgive me if the pronunciation is wrong, but it's going over basically the heads of the households. These are the heads of their fathers' houses, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, were Hanok, Palu, Hezron, and Carmi. These are the families of Reuben, and the sons of Simeon were Jemuel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, Zohar, and Shaul, the son of a Canaanite woman. These are the families of Simeon. So, uh, again, it's not people who are caught up in some sort of dogma that you can't intermarry, clearly. They're having children with the people of the land, not locked in some sort of inbred situation where they're only allowed to intermarry with each other. It just said it was a Canaanite woman in there. Um, 16, these are the names of the sons of Levi, according to their generations, Gershon, Kohath, and Merari, and the years of the life of Levi were 137. Um, so, like, if, you're, if you've read me before, you know about the whole lifespan thing and how it talks about those and it seems impossible but when you consider scientifically the whole telomeres and how the lifespan may have been longer back then because of healthier environmental influences on people's dna then it's not entirely impossible to believe that people live routinely to 100 plus years old since it still happens even now not a whole lot but still happens even now with all the environmental toxins and stuff um, the verse 17, the sons of Gershon were Libni and Shimi, according to their families. Verse 18, and the sons of Kohath were Amram, Amram, Ishar, Hebron, and Uziel. And the years of the life of Kohath were 133. 19, the son, verse 19, that is, the sons of Merari were Mali and Mushi. These are the families of Levi according to their generations. Verse 20, Now Amram took for himself Jochebed, his father's sister, as wife, and she bore him Aaron and Moses, and the years of the life of Amram were 137. So let's not read over what it says Amram did. He married his aunt. It's saying he took... For himself, Jochebed, that's her name, his father's sister. So that's his aunt as wife. So that's what we, in modern times, would call incest. And she bore him Aaron and Moses. So the Aaron and Moses, the patriarchal heroes 
of the Bible were the product of incest. And people, I almost, I don't think I've ever heard that mentioned in church before, but it's like pretty clear. It's right there. And it doesn't get condemned. In this passage, throughout the Bible, in other places, it will get condemned, which is an interesting thing for people who say that God is unchanging and the same yesterday, today, and forever. Obviously not, if it's all the same God in the Old Testament. Um, but anyway, um, that's the same Moses and Aaron and their nativity story. Verse 21, sons of Ishar were Korah, Nepheg, and Zikri. 22, and the sons of Uziel were Mishael, Elzaphan, and Zithri. 23, Aaron took to himself Elisheba, daughter of Aminadab, sister of Nashon, as wife, and she bore him Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. 24, and the sons of Korah were Asur, Elkanah, and Abiasaph. These are the families of the Korahites. 25, verse 25, Eliezer, Aaron's son, took for himself one of the daughters of Putiel as wife, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the father's houses of the Levites, according to their families. Verse 26, these are the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. So it's making clear in verse 26 that it is that same Aaron and same Moses who are that same product of incest um, that uh, are now being called basically to lead the people to their emancipation. Verse 27, these are the ones who spoke to Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are the same Moses and Aaron. So it's making it clear it's the same Aaron and Moses who are um, who we're talking about. Verse 28. And it came to pass on the day the Lord spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt. So it's a, it seems that some time has passed and now Moses is getting another FaceTime or, you know, communication with God. Uh, excuse me. Now, whether this is the same God as um, that's going to appear later on in the Bible, we know, according to the God that is appearing now, it's not the same appearance that he had when he appeared to previous people in the Old Testament. Um, but whatever the case may be, he's having another divine interaction with God. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, I'm the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I say to you. So now the Lord is um, at the end, sort of greeted Moses again, let him know, look, this is me. It's me, the Lord. And here's the message I'm telling you to tell Pharaoh just exactly what I tell you. I'm going to give you a message to take to the king, basically. Almost as if it's a letter being opened with the the uh, uh, introduction line at the top. So that you know who it is. So it's, it's almost like it being declared to him instead of, hey, it's me. It's, it's sort of like that. It's saying, oh, this is the message from the Lord. Verse 30. But Moses said before the Lord, behold, 
He's saying he's of uncircumcised lips. And how shall Pharaoh heed me? So he's saying, look, I don't know what to say. Why are you? Why, how, why would he listen to me? He's like, this is my reply to the message. He's saying the reply to the message that the Lord sent him is, look, Lord, why are you sending him? He doesn't know what to say. His lips don't even speak straight. Sort of like he stutters. He's like, so why is it you don't? Why are you sending somebody who's not very eloquent with your message? And um, that actually ends this message, the end of the end of this chapter. As always, I appreciate you checking it out with me and hope it is a blessing for you. And I hope you'll join me again. We have these Old Testament readings on Mondays and Wednesdays. And um, and um, and um, on at random times, I'm sorry. And then on Saturday nights, we have um, our readings in the New Testament. And just in case you don't know the difference, the Old Testament and the New Testament of the both of them come to about 60 plus books. And the things that Jesus has to say, the things that are a Christian message only appear in six or either, if you want to think of it, a tenth or a tithe of the whole Bible. And um, so that's what we focus on on Saturday nights because that's how I self-identify as a Christian. I hear what it is Jesus has to say and try to let that be my guide. Um, but we focus here on these other books because I know they are they're the seed that some people get exposed to to uh, be led to um, Jesus. So to try and get an understanding of how the two come together and how they relate, uh, we do those readings also. And since there's more of them, it just makes sense to do them on the uh, more often in the week than the Gospels. And especially since we already posted the Gospels, um, that was the sort of inspiration to do them in the first place, to make sure the Gospels get covered. Because what Jesus has to say that's what's in the Gospels, and those Gospels are in only six of the 60 books in the Bible. And um, so that's what we focus on. And if you would like to read those right away yourself um, and read along with me in context so you could see for yourself, um, you could see them, the past readings, on this platform while they last. Or if you're an adult, you can go to my platform. It's hungtgirl.com and see the past readings there. Uh, on the Body, Mind, Spirit, and Soul pages, you can explore um, uh, me on those different um, levels and those different dimensions. Uh, with the Spirit and Soul pages being the ones dedicated to uh, what we do here on The Naked Truth. Uh, and that's basically try to understand uh, what God is like in my understanding and my life. Um, so feel free to get a membership, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above, I appreciate. Clicking the pictures, they are actually videos, will let you uh, really get an idea of what me and my friends like to do, where we come, what we have in common, or at least where our paths intersect sometimes. Um, so uh, stay safe. Thanks again for joining me, and uh, God bless you. Peace to you. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Love your neighbor. It's the command, right? Take care now. Peace.